now, from the makers of Coldwater Omo, Venus Brown rose languidly from behind her desk and, walking to the mirror, rearranged her hair. It was blonde and fell to her shoulders. She admired it, as she admired practically everything else about herself. Crawford watched impatiently. I think we are not being careful enough. I can't agree. One has to take a certain amount of chance in life. We need more money. You're... You're quite taken with this man, John C., don't you? He is agreeable and rich. I still think we should have him very carefully screened. And if he finds out we're checking on him, becomes annoyed and withdraws his support. Oh, that's all right with me. We did well enough without him. At least I did. <laughs> well, my dear Crawford, I do believe you are jealous. Silly boy. But I suppose it's only to be expected. All right. Check on Steed if you must. But keep me informed. No matter what happens, I can handle him. Just watch me. The Avengers. John Steed and Emma Beale, The Avengers. Stand up to the cleaning power of cold water Omo. Over one million South African housewives have proved it. And Mrs. Bodington is one of them. My wash is beautiful. Mm. And I'm very proud of it. My husband particularly wears a lot of white plain bowls and his clothing always looks delightful. There's nothing like cold water Omo. Yes, once an Omo user, always an Omo user. Cold water Omo is the washing powder that cleans best. Don't just admire your little girl's complexion. Share it. Knight's Castile is doubly enriched with lanolin to keep your skin soft and young. Pure, mild Knight's Castile for a complexion that never grows up. <laughs> Episode 3 of this story, in which Emma Peel gets absolutely nowhere. But John Steed passes all tests with flying colors and gets a membership card from Venus with love. John Steed had very much enjoyed his visit to the British Venusian Society. The main reason for his enjoyment were the undoubted charms of the secretary, Venus Brown. Miss Brown was a dish, and Steed privately thought that if he could keep Mrs. Peel on the outside investigations, the inside work should be as agreeable as any he'd had for a long time. It was because he insisted on becoming a full member of the society that Venus had recommended he had his eyes tested. 
It seemed that all would-be astronomers were subjected to this. Steed didn't mind. He dropped in at Dr. Henry Primble's surgery later that morning, tapping gently on the frosted glass panel with the tip of his umbrella. No reply. Steed tried the door, which was unlocked, and entered. The surgery was filled with a conglomeration of bizarre equipment, including examination chairs, an operating table, plus an array of tall test cards on wheels. Steed stepped forward, but an urgent voice stopped him. No, 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 stay where you are, don't move. Steed halted. He looked to the left, to the right, up at the ceiling, and then eventually down on the floor. A head appeared from behind the ophthalmic chair. A large dome head. The gentleman in question was wearing a binocular loop, the lenses like elongated antennae. Steed thought he looked like something from outer space. Another unidentified object. But he risked the question. Dr. Primble, I presume? Uh, you presume right. Uh, kindly do not move your feet. Uh, what do we seem to have lost? Uh, contact lens down here somewhere. Ah, would that, would that be it? Steed extended the tip of his umbrella and pointed to a position about an inch away from Primble's rather large nose. Ah, ah, yes, yes, that's it. Oh, oh much obliged to you, sir. Ah, yes, that's better. Yeah. Now, my glasses. I had them somewhere. Steed reached out and withdrew Primble's glasses from his white coat pocket and handed them to him. Ah, yes, again. Oh, much obliged to you, Mr... Steed. Steed, Steed. Oh, never heard of any Steeds in the business. Uh, I'm not in the business. Ah, I see. A patient. Have you an appointment? No. Uh, then I can't see you. Never see anyone without an appointment. Well, can I make one? Certainly, certainly you can. Uh, when? Steed looked at the wall calendar. It said Friday the 13th. And then at his watch, it said a quarter to twelve. How about uh, Friday the 13th at um, 11.45? Yes, yeah, suits me nicely, Mr. Steed. Take a seat. <laughs> Mrs. Peel, determined not to spend another day chasing things that looked as though they came from outer space, made for Lord Mansford's residence. Lord Mansford was issuing orders to his man, Jennings. I shall not wish to be disturbed, Jennings. Very good, sir. I intend spending the rest of the morning with my art treasures. And agreeable way of spending an hour. You will receive everything behind me. Of course, sir. Yes. Thank you, Dick. Thank you. Lord Mansford, a heavily built man in his early sixties, smoothed down his red hair, brushed the mutton chop style moustache back with a freckled hand, and made for a large vault. They've set the release for one o'clock. Let me out at one, understand? One o'clock, sir. Lunch at a quarter past. I shall set the alarm. So when Mrs. Peel arrived, she was told... I'm very sorry, Mrs. Peel. Afraid you've just missed Lord Mansford. Oh, too bad. When will he be back? Oh, he isn't out. Oh, but I thought you said... He's in. Very much 
in. He's in his boat, you see. Through that vault door, it leads to another wing. He's perusing his art treasures. In a vault? Security. There's a time lock. No one gets in, and he can't get out until the clock strikes one. Oh, got just about an hour. If madame would care to wait. I was in the process of mixing an ice-cold, non-alcoholic punch. You'll be very welcome. Then, perhaps, luncheon with Lord Mansford. That sounds extremely civilized. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Steve, over to you. I'm putting my feet up for an hour. I sincerely hope you're not doing the same. But he was. In Primble's surgery. Feet up a little higher, please, Mr. Steve. Is it really necessary to lie prone in order to have one's eyes tested? Ah, uh, better lighting. Now, read the test card from the top. Identify all the hats from the top, please. Toby, uh, Homburg, Bowler, Jockey Cap, Pork Pie, Topper, Boater, Bugby, Fed. Oh, bravo. Excellent. Oh, that's what I told Miss Brown. May I get up? Into the chair, please. Feet up. Thank heavens I don't wear glasses. Now, let's see. Primble shot out a foot. The ophthalmic chair tilted back with a jerk. Primble peered down into Steed's face, directing a pen torch towards Steed's eyes. Yes, now, let's see. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, you hope to join us, Mr. Steed. Can't wait. Uh, look up to the left. Yes. Now the right. I can actually cross them if that'll help. No, no, no. Have you seen Miss Brown's new book, Venus, Our Sister Planet? Got a copy on order. Uh, it's become the handbook for the society. <laughs> Though, to be honest, I, I find it a trifle disturbing. Oh, in what way? Well, if there is life on Venus, it's not the life as we know it is. At um, uh, rough guess, no. Uh, it's hot up there, you know. Very hot. It's quite hot down here at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's too hot for humans. Uh, of course, life can exist in many forms. Uh, solid liquid or gas. I plump for gas myself, yes. Fiery gas. Interesting. Yes. Uh, well, Mr. Steed, your eyes are perfect. Well, I knew they were. Uh, welcome to the fold. Oh, and here's a copy of Miss Brown's little book. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, there on the cover is her impression of a Venusian. Oh, how very extraordinary. Steed gazed at the photographic cover of the book and then drew from his pocket several bromide prints. How strange. They're almost identical. Good gracious. Mr. Steed, where, where did you get these? Taken with an astro camera last night. Oh, good gracious. Oh, this could be catastrophic. Why? What's the matter? I warned them. I warned Venus and Crawford. I warned them all. Warned them? What about? Oh, this satellite to Venus. If you plan to invade a strange world, they might follow suit and invade us. Looking at these photographs, perhaps they already have. <laughs> Society, Venus Brown speaking. Uh, Dr. Primble here. Hello, Venus. I, I'm thrilled to tell you that John Steen is perfectly okay. Thank you, Doctor. There you are, Crawford. I knew he was okay. His eyesight might be. 
There was obviously nothing wrong with the way he was looking at you. Uh, uh, I, I gave him a copy of your book, but he already has photographs taken with an astro camera. Shots of the planet Venus. But where did he get them from? Uh, I don't know. Said they were taken last night. I thought you should know. Yes. Yes, thank you, Doctor. We'll be in touch. Goodbye. What is it now? More interference? I don't know. But perhaps you could be right about speed after all. Mrs. Peel, relaxing at Lord Mansford's home, sipped her cold punch with great appreciation. Hmm. Splendid punch, Jenkins. Thank you, ma'am. I'm glad it is to your liking. Lord Mansford will not be long. It is nearly one o'clock. The vault is fully automatic and infallible. Mrs. Peel placed the glass down on a table near the vault wall. She was surprised to see that the small glass swizzle stick was tinkling against the rim. The tinkling grew louder, and then Mrs. Peel became aware of another sound coming from within the vault. Jenkins also heard the noise. He looked at the clock on the vault door a couple of minutes ago. Inside the vault, Lord Manford clapped his hands over his ears. The whole house seemed filled with the screaming sound. Then everything happened at once. There was a blinding flash. The vault clock rang and the door stood open. Jenkins and Mrs. Peel rushed into the vault. This way, Mrs. Peel. There... He must be... There he is. In the corner. That can't be Lord Mansford. He, he's changed. But it was Lord Mansford. His face was rigid, lifeless. His hair and mutton-chop moustache vividly white. And with a vicious uppercut, Jimmy Anderson finishes trimming his whole head in just three hours, eleven minutes. Great work, Jimmy. You play any other sport? Yes, tell me now. You're looking pretty cool, Jimmy. What deodorant do you use? Shield for sportsmen, of course. Why? It works. Shield for sportsmen deodorant won't stick, sting, or stain. In aerosol or roll-on, it's made to keep sportsmen cool and dry. Think what it can do for you. There's just no dirt that can stand up to the cleaning power of cold water Omo. Mrs. Gray of Durban has this to say. Uh, I couldn't explain it. it. It astounded me. I was really and truly very astounded. Once an Omo user, always an Omo user. The Avengers. Every evening, Monday to Friday, to John Seed and Emma Field, The Avengers. Brought to you by the makers of Coldwater Omos.